Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. Happy Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. This is Action Movie Anatomy on Popcorn Talk, the online network talking movies, all things related to movies. I'm joined today by my excellently dressed, in a tie today, co-host, Mr. Andrew Guy. Dylan. You son, you son, of, a son of a bitch. <sighs> Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. CIA got you pushing too many pencils, huh? <laughs> What's with this fucking high business? What is that? What's up, guys? So happy to see you. So happy to be here. I love this movie. And uh, we are joined by our good friend. Yeah, it's a, it's, this is an aspiring writer, a, a talented graphics designer, a creative personality, and somebody who loves science fiction films, Mr. Jason Sparich. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You don't want to do like a silly accent. You don't want to. That was your chance. My, uh, deep voice. Okay, fair deep, enough. You'll be the voice. you'll be the Bill Duke of the panel. Uh, so yes. we today, guys, are doing Predator. Now, Predator is one of my absolute favorite films in the history of movies. I mean, this is a movie that like it's one of those films that it comes back. I watch it again, and I can't quite believe it's as good that like on the twelfth viewing and the fifteenth viewing. It's so incredible every time. It's like. Uh, it's one of these movies that just it doesn't it doesn't seem to age it at all. It hasn't aged at all. Like this movie came out a year before we were both born. I know yeah. Jason, it was out for a little while for you. Uh, <laughs> Ten years old. <laughs> um, you could watch this movie like every couple months, and it would still be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, I often do watch yeah. it every couple. I mean, months. the action's good. The acting is exactly what you want out of this movie. And yeah. the Predator's terrifying. It's really extremely well done. Stan Winston is a genius. Yeah, he, and, a, a visionary of his time. And thank God he came on because before that, Arnold said that it looked like a what did he say? Like a it's a, some weird like one eyed cyborg looking right thing. with tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> so when it when it, they changed it, he was like, "Thank God!" And then they renamed the movie Predator from right. Hunter. So uh, yeah, man, this movie is Good choice. fantastic. Yeah, it's a huge one. So I want to cue the trailer right now. It's uh, it's an okay trailer. It's one of the interesting one of the interesting trailers. It. Uh, you know, it's in that phase when they hadn't quite figured out how to, how to make them dramatic. Right. It's, it's like it's where like the voice on all the trailers was like in a world dominated yeah, yeah, yeah. by such and such. It's still it's it's still kind of cheese. Yeah, assassins. Every line he has in the movie is my favorite line. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have for favorite line. I have like fifteen written down throughout the whole movie. It's because like. Later, like later in films, when Schwarzenegger like was in on the joke, I feel like, right. and, and he already was in on the joke here, clearly. Yeah. But like in a lot of movies, play on that. They really, they were like try to take advantage. And in this movie, most of what he says, he's not really in on the joke. He's no. like saying the lines in total seriousness. Well, yeah. It, so that part during the village takeover, when he like throws the knife and sticks the guy right. in the post, he's like stick around. Stick around. That's improvised. That's improvised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he thought that hero should say in that moment. And that's, yeah, it's like, uh, we're in such a different time now that this kind of movie, if a movie like this gets made now, it's like John Wick is sort of the example of a movie where it's like, kind of like this. Right, but John Wick's much more serious. Yeah. But then Commando comes out, what? The year before this. The year before this. Okay, and the whole movie is it's just, a it's a cheesy, cheesy yeah. one-liner, yeah. so it's, it's great that he 
still says him, but it's a little bit. It's real in a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The trailer also shows, by the way, way like, too much of what happens. Everything. In the movie. Yeah. It shows Weathers dying. Uh, spoiler alert! Yeah, uh, it shows like uh, it shows Shane Black being dragged off Hawkins. Yep, right there. Um, and there's Bill Duke. He's about to die. Like, it, yeah. it's they show the one arm Carl Weathers. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. Like this is, I mean, maybe this is the same thing as yeah. what happens in movies now when they think they're not going to be successful. They try to show you everything, everything cool, but then that just ruins it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Is that a good line? Yes. Whole movie's good. That was a, that was actually cut from Conan right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of shreddedness and jackness for this, oh, in cast this movie is just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. What's the funniest part is that like characters like Sonny Lanham who plays Billy, or like Jesse Ventura, right. Bill Duke, the characters that are like less jacked than the rest of the cast, they like look like softies compared yeah. to just because you have like Schwarzenegger <laughs> and, and Weathers, Weathers running yeah. around. Just looking just super yoked. But then when Billy drops his gun and takes off his shirt, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, well, you're all, but you're also like, but you're also like, he's Jack, but he's no Schwarzenegger. He's no Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's yeah. no Weathers, no Schwarzenegger. But then again, who is a Schwarzenegger? Eight-time Mr. Olympia. Nobody. I mean, he lost 20 pounds to play the role. He got just leaned yeah, out. Yeah, they're like, you gotta look like a Still lean commando, not just best. a bodybuilder. Yeah, absolutely. Just a stud. Just an absolute stud. So uh, let's get into this, guys. So the way we do this on the show is uh, we like to engage you at first here. Uh, the, the very first thing we do is we are going to share our thesis statement, our bold statement. So this is kind of a, a strong thought that we've all come up with that we really think sells the movie for us in some way. It's not opinion-based. It's not like, uh, this is my favorite part of the movie. It's, this. it's like, this is the greatest this. Or this is the first time in history that this happened. Uh, and that is what this is about. So we are going to share our thesis statements right now. I'm going to start with our guest, Mr. Jason Sparrich. Jason, what do you... What What's your thesis statement? My thesis statement is, uh, I guess with late 70s from, let's say, 1980 on, this was the first alien bad guy on Earth. Now, you had Superman, E.T., okay. Starman, who came to Earth, but they were cute and had elongated heads and necks and stuff. But uh, everything else at this time was set in space right. or on an alien planet. So this is the first time there's a bad guy alien mm. on earth on earth hunting people i hadn't thought about that i yeah. suppose that's true i wouldn't you think that there's like any kind of obscure or rare sci-fi movie that we don't know about so i went back and i was, I was looking at the late 70s and then all, the 80s until this movie and there's nothing okay um okay. Yeah, if it was we could call it blockbusters right you know? and like i guess i could also you know put on there that um Let's exclude like an invasion or a group. So Superman two, sure had you know Zod and and but that's a group and they're humanoids. Yeah, the, well, yeah, well, yep, yep. But they're yeah. aliens. Yeah, exactly. Speaking Superman's of your of your thesis statement, uh, I did forget to mention we have these rules, these loose rules we use to define the films. And uh, one of the one of the rules, there's five of them that are kind of loose, is that the films we are talking about on this show were made in 1981 or later. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things you're referencing pre 81 are sort of less relevant to what we're talking Correct. about here. So, so but especially 81 80, forward, yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're, you're dead on with that. Uh, rule number two would be that the hero always plays by his own rules. Dutch rule definitely th- plays by his own oh, rules. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> rule number three is that the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. Rule number four is that the hero and the villain are always the smartest people or figures or whatever in the room. Predator is definitely the smartest villain. Very smart, yeah. Yeah. Rule number five is that there's at least one explosion. So uh, we used to stick to these rules really carefully. They're not as important to us quite as much anymore. This hits it on the head. Yeah, we start to find out that even though we kind of have regressed from the rules being as important, almost every movie we do still falls perfectly in line. Well, there was a solid 25 or 30 movies that came to mind when we wanted to make this show happen, and we 
tried to look at the similarities between those 30 movies or so. It was probably like 50. Mm -hmm. And most of them hit all the rules on the head. And I know that this is one of the first ones that came to mind for us. So, yeah, this is dead on, of course. This is an action classic. Um, Anyway, moving on. What is your thesis statement, Drew? So, it's interesting because this is a franchise movie and there's been like five installments of it. But for me, this is the biggest missed success for a franchise ever. In sequels, I mean. In sequels, everything. Yeah, I mean, you got Alien vs. Predator, you got Predator 2, all these movies, they suck. You mean in terms of quality, not in terms of money-making. Yeah, no. Yeah. Predators but, but again, wasn't that bad, right? The Predators, you remember was, that? Fine. It was all right. You're right, you're right. It wasn't at, at the but caliber. But even, even in money-making, this movie still made the most money adjusted. Yeah, box the only, one that, the only one that made more was Alien vs. Predator, and that's 20 years later. And not particularly and good. not good. No. This movie was the most successful of the franchise, which is surprising to me, and, and Arnold probably didn't want to do another one or he was too busy or whatever it was this movie and this franchise was just it, they just missed like it could have been so much more completely like if he came back three years later and did Predator 2 he's already the best that's yeah. why they bring him in for, for number one then he's the best that's already killed a Predator right bring him back he, they should have absolutely it, it is the big I mean you're, to your point it's the, the greatest missed sequel opportunity for quality in the history of action films absolutely. and I would agree that's dead on yeah that's completely dead on it's amazing that Danny Glover was cast, but it it worked for a sequel at that time, I guess. Well, they were there was a couple things going on, right? As we said, we were assuming we don't know the details, right. but we were assuming that Schwarzenegger didn't do the second film for whatever reason because he was doing other things. Because his he, career was blowing up. Yeah, I mean, he just was he was the biggest star on the planet, and they had just seen the success of Danny Glover and Gary Busey together in Lethal Weapon One just a few years prior. So I'm sure they were like, we'll just throw these two guys in the movie together. Busey, Glover, right? Yeah. These are big names. They're action names. People want to see these guys on screen again. Busey was great in Lethal Weapon One. Yeah. And this goes with a, a comment that someone said: "Is would you guys like for them to make a reboot or another sequel?" Um, well, they're going to. Yeah, Shane they Black are. Yeah. Be making yeah. It, right? Shane Black, who plays Hawkins in this movie, yeah. is making another one. God, I hope it's as good as this. I just but it's not a reboot, right? It's there's. I don't two... think so. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's more of a sequel. Yeah, um, I think. But it, the thing about that movie was that it was last year. Uh, there was a deadline or a variety article that announced it, um, but nothing much has happened in terms of production since. Uh, and Black is for those of you who don't know who Shane Black is. We'll get to him in just a second. Um, though actually, maybe we won't because he didn't write it. So Shane yeah. Black is the guy that wrote uh, Lethal Weapon One. That was his his big credit originally was that he got paid a bunch of money, and then later on he went on to write a bunch of famous movies. He ended up directing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, During- writing and directing Iron Man Three. During filming this, he was writing Last Boy Scout, right? Yeah, so yeah. he he's a bit he's a big Joel Silver guy that he worked with, uh, and he you know the fact that he plays Hawkins, who's the funny character with the glasses who makes the pussy jokes, right? Um, it's perfect because in his scripts, he constantly has these things that people yeah. refer to as, as Shane Blackisms, yeah, that are kind <laughs> of like that broish kind of douchey thing, but yeah. it paints a picture in your head of exactly what you're yeah. thinking about or exactly. what he's thinking about. So that's pretty funny, but. Uh, he is apparently going to write and direct the newest installment of the Predator franchise. And I think I have faith in Shane Black. He's yeah. he's fantastic. Uh, he should be able to do a good job with it. Absolutely. Because I believe, was it Robert Rodriguez who did Predators? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't exactly. bad. It was fine. It yeah. wasn't something like this where you can talk about it almost 30 years later and you're just like, God, this movie's so good. It was yeah. just campy. It was, it was campy. It was, and why, I don't know what you're doing casting Adrian Brody as the lead in your movie. Like, I know. I mean, it's, it's a cool I mean, he idea. Was top, he was, he I, I was like doing different. So his career was, was in a different. good place yeah. at that time. Uh, ben. Okay, Predator is a slasher film masquerading in an action movie's body. Um, that is, that is like, and I, I think by default is one of the five most intelligent action movies ever made. Um, for that, it's, it's 
the perfect amount of suspense. You don't really realize it when you think about it in retrospect that this is, in fact, actually just a slasher film. But the way that each character is picked off one by one, you don't see the bad guy for quite a bit of the movie. Yeah. There's one character that leads it that seems to kind of know what's going on more than anyone else. Uh, and, you know, as most of these slasher movies end up, except for the really grim ones, one or two people survive right. and everyone else dies. Uh, and there's a, an epic confrontation at the end. And that's exactly what happens in this film. I can't imagine how scary this movie was when it came out. Like Terrifying. Yeah, it must have been absolutely terrifying. Oh, I like, saw it in the theaters. I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I saw Aliens, which was probably still to this day my favorite movie of all time. It's the previous year, the year right? before, yeah. and I was blown away. So then when I saw this, it, for 10 years old, I mean, 9 years old, Aliens was crazy, and then this at 10 was was pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw this movie for the first time when I was about 10 years old. I was camping with a buddy. We were in the RV, his parents' RV, yeah. and his dad was watching Predator, one of his favorite movies of all time. Yep. Uh, which I know that you're... It's one of my dad's favorite movies absolutely. of all time. Absolutely, yeah. I remember when it showed him ripping out Billy's spine yeah, as a kid, scene. and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This is terrifying. Yep. You see the tentacles come out of the water, and then yeah. finally at the end, with the kind of like mini montage of Arnold getting prepped yeah. and the Predator getting prepped, you yeah. see his skin and his body, and you're uh-huh. like, oh, God, he's creepy. Even now, he's still creepy. I remember one of my childhood, my brother, my older brother's nine years older than me, and I remember his, his good buddy had a Predator mask. Um, like a full size, like rubber one that he had bought for Halloween one year that was like on his wall, and he always had. And I would we go over for dinner sometimes, and I'd like look in his room, and it was like he was like pretty gothic. There was like skulls and stuff, right. and I always would see the predator mask. And like as a little kid, I mean, I describe it as gigantic. It was probably like this big because right. I was like five or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do remember. You know, my dad is is like he always would talk about this movie as like, oh yeah, Predator's a great film, and like it's funny because. We do the thing critically where right. we talk about movies we like and then we degrade them a little bit because they're not quality. But as we've gotten older, I feel like we're more willing to accept these movies that sort of we don't want to give the quality rating to is actually great. Like, yeah. in my teen- teenage years, I would have probably watched this and been like, well, it's ridiculous and silly, but it's really entertaining. Whereas, yeah. like, now I watch this movie and I'm like, no, it's actually just really good. Well, yeah, because it's aged for it's aged so long and you go back and you look at it as now as we're almost 30 years old and you yeah. watch that and you're like, wow, this is this is still a good movie. And with the Cold War going on in the 80s and, you know, like, Platoon and these yeah. jungle movies also, like, at the same time, I thought it was it was amazing that they're like, look, if you're American or whatever, like, this is, like, warfare in the jungle, but now it's an alien who, yeah. you know, it's completely, right. completely, like, different enemy that, you know, you had to face, and maybe this could happen, you know? Right. I mean, the, the part of this movie that, when I watched it again recently, that really kind of blew my mind was... You know, we we all know the thing you and I did, the Dylan, you son of a bitch. You know, that's one of the funniest parts <laughs> of the movie. It's 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 classic. It's action movie lore. And Absolutely, it's great. But it starts there, and they all got out of the helicopter, and then they're in the helicopter, and Little Richard is playing, and it's the and it's it's real fun, and, every, and you're getting the introduction to all the characters. You know, Mac is shaving with that. He's shaving. Yeah, Even though the helicopters are yeah. like this the whole time, he's just shaving. Like he's yeah, shaving. Just, wow. Jesse Ventura's chewing. Carl shitload of tobacco. Yeah. Carl Weathers is like is like Dylan is like he's like he's like. 1976. Me and Dutch each got one of these. Like no one's impressed. Right. Like, everybody's kind of doing their thing. You know, Hawkins is telling jokes. Billy's real serious. They're setting the stage, and it's real yeah. fun. And then this this amazing thing happens, and I didn't remember this until like the last time I watched it, where they cut the music, and the red light starts flashing, and Schwarzenegger like puts his hand up, and it's like it's like radio silence, and no one's talking, and it just you look down for a second, you see it's the jungle, yeah. And these guys are about to jump out of a helicopter into the jungle in the middle of the night in dead silence with no backup, and you're like, as silly as this is. 
that's a terrifying thought. Absolutely. And these guys are just ready. Like, they're actually badasses. And I, it, it was effective, I thought, enough to the point that I was like, man, if this was a drama or a war movie, it's, it would have the same effect on me if it was done the same way. Absolutely. Even though this is kind of a cheeseball they action movie. use green ways. instead of red now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty ama- pretty amazing. So before we get into Star Profiles, I do want to share our fist pump moment. And fist pump moment for you guys that are watching, if you want to get in on this with us, uh, you can tweet at us, leave it in the comments. Uh, this is the, the kind of that moment where you're watching and you're at home and, and maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you've had a glass of wine. I don't know. Whatever. You're looking around. Something awesome happens. And you're like, are, are you seeing this right now? Is anyone seeing what's happening? Right. Like, you just, it's like the fist pump. Like It's kind of like an FEI moment. Um, it's definitely an FEI moment. Yeah. Fist yeah. Yeah, fist yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what we do here. And it can be anything. It can be an awesome explosion. It can be a one-liner. It can just be like the... It can be the credits. It can be the first time you see a character, the sound someone makes, the look one character gives another. Something that you just like, yes, I fucking love this. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so did you guys prepare your fist pump moments? Absolutely we did. I've got two. Okay, please. Please share them. The first was the... Uh the first laser to brain explosion when Mac gets it. Oh. Like, so you, uh, you saw the Predator kind of shoot, I think, a couple times. Yeah, but you, you never saw Hawkins. the three dots. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, what the heck? And then, boom, like the camera's behind him, brain blows up. Yeah. And it's blood all on the camera. I was like, that is just, that's that's a great way to start. Oddly I enough, love though. that moment, yeah. But when when we were watching it the other day, I noticed that, okay, so he gets, you get the three dots on the arm, travels up to his head, and then you get the camera behind his, just yeah. like huge. Yeah. And then you see him laying on the ground later, and it looks like he probably got like shot with a twenty two. Yeah, in the I, head. yeah. I, I did notice that you know? also when, when, weather season. Weather yeah, season, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, absolutely awesome, because it's the, it is the classic try. Yeah. My second one, I think, will be the same as yours, but, but mine will be added to it. So why don't you guys go next? Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, so my... I have I have two as well. Um, I'll do my other one because, I like, again, I feel like the one where... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the first one is... It's it's the beginning. It's when they're all getting oh, out the of the Oh, the establishing shot? Yeah, the oh, establishing so shot sweet. everybody. Yeah. You got... You know, you get Ventura, you get Billy, you get all the guys. Coming off the, the coming helicopter? Off the shave. Yeah, the very first okay, time they okay. do. And then there's just Arnold sitting in the back, lean as ever, sucking <laughs> yeah. on his cigar. Smoking the cigar, yeah. yeah. And then he, like, throws his bag out and jumps out. You're just like... Look at this team of badasses. It's oh. like that moment in MacGruber yeah. where he like talks about all the guys, this like perfect team of killer stoppers. Yeah, yeah. That's them. They are the perfect team. Oh, and I love I love how like they just they the way they outfit each character. Like Bill Duke has on like the suit. Yeah. And Billy's in the tracksuit. And like Jesse Ventura is like the high waisted jeans with the sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like Schwarzenegger's in like the like the fucking super tight red polo. Yeah. It's just great. The aviators yeah, and, and the I've, cigar. That's like one of the things about this movie that I remember the very most is that shot. Uh, yeah, it, totally. It's just, it's just excellent. You just, you're like, I want to see these guys do anything. Yeah, I'm so ready for the next hour and forty minutes. Yeah, the whole it's just a team of badasses. Yeah, so, uh, so, so killer yeah. stoppers, killer stoppers. <laughs> um, and then they they walk in, and the general's like, "It's been a long time, Dutch." And he's like, <laughs> "No, no, you guys, you look good, Dutch." And he goes. It's been a long time, General. Long like, time, every, General. Yeah. every line that he says it's is my favorite line. Classic, yeah. So I think my favorite. There's. I had a couple. I mean, I have a ton of fist bump moments in this yeah. movie. But the one when I was watching it again yesterday that stuck out to me was it's the whole. It's like the whole sequence where he's getting like covered in mud yep. and ready to fight the predator. So he covers himself in mud and he lights the torch. It's almost a montage, but not a cheesy montage. Yeah, it's not. It's, 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 it, they didn't do it. They didn't no. do it like the, with like heavy music it, and like quick cuts. It's like slower cuts. Because well, you're totally ready. So, so I love, first of all, I love when he does the, the mud and then he, he the torch. He's like, ah! Yeah. That I love. But the, the one that I actually found myself even more like, yes! And this is, is little, but 
it's when he's got the spear with the knife on it, oh, yeah. and he's like weaving through the jungle with the spear and the knife, and there's like the upper shot and then the left shot, yeah. and I was like, yes, Schwarzenegger, he's hunting. Like, yeah, yeah. There's like, a, like an angry old man walk going on. Well, and also because they because because he's got the mud and his eyes, he, they look super white, white and crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love it. So I, my, my my second one was on the the yeah. roar. Uh, it cuts to the predator going yeah. like, what the? Like, yeah, right. he's coming, and then so he heats up. Yeah. His claws. And that, I think, was more of my fist pump than even Arnold doing it, just yeah. because I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Predator yeah. is just like, okay, yeah. I think yeah I'm, 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 I'm going to get ready for this guy. This yeah. whole, like, progression of the scene is, is like, you realize that the Predator is like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I'm in for it. This is this is battle. This is warfare. Before, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. He is literally, there's no competition. Like, no. he gets shot a little bit, but that's because... They unload like over 10,000 rounds in blankly. 80 rounds in the minigun. Yeah, no, he's like 200 <laughs> rounds in the minigun. I watched a video of my friend shooting a minigun the other day, by the way. 200 rounds in a minigun, it's like that. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Cost him $100. It lasted for less than five seconds. Yeah, the ammunition that he'd have to carry. Yeah. So he'd be able to run the gun as long as he was. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember as a kid that one of the things that's like just like just blazed into my memory is the sound of the minigun whirring after yeah, he runs yeah. out. Yeah. And, and he's just and sitting there smoke. holding, he's like yeah. sweating. They actually had to slow down the progress or the, the shooting of that yeah. minigun because they wanted to be able to catch the, the barrels moving on camera because yeah. it's too fast otherwise. I just love he sees he sees he sees Blaine get shot. He's like, God, yeah! I don't even know what he says. He just starts unloading. That's incredible. Uh, all right, let's get into star profiles. I want to talk about a little bit of where the where the stars of this film were when their career was made. So I think it's pretty clear that uh, these these two guys, uh, Schwarzenegger and Weathers, are the stars of the film. Straight uh, up, they're the, they're the big names. You have Apollo Creed and you have uh, the Terminator. And basically, Schwarzenegger had actually had three. I mean, I'm not going to call them unsuccessful or bad, because they weren't. Uh, Raw Deal, Commando, and Red Sonja, they're all relevant films, but none of them are relevant like some of his bigger hits were. Right, right. Uh, Commando, I guess, of the three of them is the one that you would point to. Definitely. But Commando's a very silly movie. It made money, and people saw it, but it's super funny. Yeah. Red Sonja is the third film in the Conan franchise uh, about the char- the title character Red Sonja. Not a good movie at all. That's, that's the one that made him just like, I'm done with that franchise. Yeah. They moved that movie to PG-13, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was his big complaint. And then Raw Deal is fine, but like... That was the Russian... He was the Russian... No, the, that's Red Heat. Red Heat. Yes. Exactly. Red Heat, Raw Deal. These, yeah. these are the 80s Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies that just get kind of lost. So, it, I mean, not particularly good. It's just like a Schwarzenegger, like... I think it's like a revenge movie. I can't quite remember, but... Uh, Predator is so much better than those movies. And, and you jump back in 80, 84 is Terminator 1, right? Yeah. So yeah. they... Year before, yeah. So his three hits before this, or three movies, I guess. Like that's just what Schwarzenegger was doing. He was establishing himself as the biggest action star in the world at the time. It's crazy how much better his accent got over the three years from from Terminator One yeah. to this. Well, his accent in this is perfect. It's perfect. It's the best version of the Schwarzenegger accent to me because it's yeah. just it's like crisp, but it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's like he confident says, in his delivery. That's exactly what it is. He's confident in his delivery, but it's yeah. not good. That's like <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when, when like, you know, he, he gives his first line. He's been a long time general, and then like, he, you know, his introduction. The guy's like, "We need to get this cabinet minister," and he's like. This cabinet minister, does he always travel on the wrong side of water? Like, it's, it's just like the way that he says his lines, it's just amazing. Uh, the confidence behind them is what makes it so incredible. Absolutely. So, all right, so then you look at Weathers, and we all know Weathers as, as Apollo Creed, and rightfully so. 85, he did Rocky 4. 82, he did Rocky 3. And then 81, he did Death Hunt, which is a Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin movie. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like, I think, I want to say it's a Western or something like that. I, I don't... He had basically done nothing other than TV movies and TV series and films he didn't really care about, and then it was just Rocky franchise. 
that. Yeah. So like his, what made him? But then he just died in Rocky Four. So he has yeah. three relevant three relevant characters in his career, and that is Dylan. That is uh, Chubbs and Creed and Creed. Jackson Jackson. Yeah, and yeah, Action Jackson. Yeah, that's yeah. True. But that was a flop. That was flop. It was. It was. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's pretty interesting. I mean, their, their, their interplay between these two characters is, is really wonderful. Like uh, Schwarzenegger, obviously, is the star of the film, and he's right. the most memorable badass. But but Weathers definitely has some great moments. And and when you think obviously, about, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're Dylan, you son of a bitch. That's like one of the <laughs> iconic moments in, in Schwarzenegger lore. Mm-hmm. But then you also have all the moments of where like. In the jungle, like his character is being exposed as being a slime ball. Yeah. Like I love when Schwarzenegger's like, say to him, he's like, heat seekers. You hear that, Dylan? That's pretty sophisticated for some half-assed mountain boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'm getting better prepared every day, Dutch. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's funny because when I, like I said, I watched this movie when I was ten, and I only watched it like maybe two more times up until recently for the show. Yeah. Uh, and just you and I drinking wine and being like, we should turn on Predator. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That happens. A reason that I, if all the, I actually own this movie, like yeah. a digital copy, because we just bought it like several months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I totally forgot that Carl Weathers is like the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah. like the sh- he's the schmuck. He's the the conniving like who redeems himself. He redeems himself. That's such a style, Dylan. Yeah. I picked up some bad habits from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love them both. Love them. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, we we you know we can kind of get into production development. Who made the movie? Who's behind mm-hmm. it? Pretty big production team. I mean, this is one of you know Joel Silver's a legend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Matrix. Die I love Hard, that one of legend. his very first movies was Xanadu. Yeah, which uh, one was, of the biggest flops ever. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's, well, at a, the it's time, a romance it was musical sci-fi. <laughs> and I and the only reason I've even seen this movie is because the the show How did this get made? Yeah, the podcast. Yep, covered it, and I went to go see it live, so I had to watch this movie. Thank God I was drinking. Yeah. Because that movie was so hard to watch. It's yeah. so bad. Yep. But it's so bad that it's good. It's one of the classics. And it's hilarious to think that this guy, Joel Silver, who is definitely one of the greatest action movie producers of all time. Of all time. You got the Matrix series, you got Die Hard, you've got I mean V for Vendetta, the, the lethal every franchise, yeah, you, Predator. Yeah. I mean it's this, it's endless. Amazing. He hasn't been as prolific the last fifteen years. I mean he's made a lot of movies, but they yeah. haven't been very good. Yeah, I mean they're they're not gonna be I mean V for Vendetta is one of those movies that will go yeah. stick around oh, yeah. for a very long time. And then the Matrix ones, but that was a little before that. Yeah, 80s, 90s was that was his, that was his bread and butter, yeah, and then he, he was killing it. Mid 2000s, early 2000s, he was decent, but by the mid 2000s, 05, 06, he was starting to really fall off. The last decade has not been super kind to Joel Silver in terms of a quality standpoint. Yeah, um, honestly, the last decade for everyone that produced this movie or that was in the production development of this movie, the writers, the director, yeah. everything. I mean, the writers just stuck with the franchise. <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, two, they, and then Alien, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, all the Alien movies. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they. I mean, they're brothers, Jim and John. Yeah, they so they haven't written anything relevant for 15 years or 12 years. Lawrence mm-hmm. Gordon and John Davis, they're the other major producers on this, and they're guys that have worked with Silver over the years. You know, Lawrence Gordon worked on Die Hard with him. He worked on Boogie Nights. He did Watchmen, which was, was pretty successful. John Davis. Boogie Nights. iRobot. He did the entire Dr. Doolittle franchise, Waterworld. And he just actually, The Man from Uncle, which comes out this weekend, I believe, is also, that's that's John Davis' production. Interesting. We should do Dr. Doolittle on this show. It's a, probably qualifies as a category. It's definitely one explosion. Oh, yeah. Of laughter. All right, I'm done. Let's just keep moving on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, these are action movie producers. These were heavy hitters in the 80s yeah. and 90s. Silver is kind of like one of these guys we talk about, like Bruckheimer, where he was so successful that after that first run of Lethal Weapon and Predator and the movies that he was making in the mid-80s, he worked with a lot of the same producers, very much like we said last week on Con Air, where anytime that 
uh, Bruckheimer would work on a film, he'd have his sort of rotating cast of right. creative people and producers that he would just bring into the project. And if you look at all their filmographies, their biggest credits are almost always Bruckheimer movies. And for the most part, it's the same with these other producers. A lot of their biggest hits were Joel Silver movies. Yeah. Uh, so... Him, it's like all Joel Silver's got going on now is the Sherlock franchise, which is great. Yeah. I actually really like that franchise. It's made money. Um, but it is. It's very interesting to see how much these guys found a niche in that perfect 80s to 90s yeah. you know, filmmaking. Yeah. Now, Jim and John Thomas, the brothers, mm-hmm. um, the writers, they're great because they can, they continue to get paid money based on writing credits for yeah. the Predator franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone that gets made. Yeah. yeah. Just characters, characters, characters. Yeah. yeah credited as a character's character writers. Uh, but... Aside from that, I mean, they this was the movie that launched their career. Yeah. Um, they had a few credits before this, but this is the big one. Um, and then I you know, know they, this was the first movie they ever wrote. This is the first this one. The There's no TV one. credits. This is small uh, stuff after this. Well, film. I don't know, but I don't think there's. I don't think there was anything before okay. this. This was uh, also Shane Black and Ventura's debut acting and acting. Yeah, and this is the first movie they wrote. And then they went on to do things like Wild Wild West and Behind Enemy Ugh. Lines. Which yeah. When I was a kid, behind enemy lines was entertaining. There is there is a certain amount of um, of I think excuse that you can sort of, you know, it's like you want to believe that that like a writer that you want to believe like a writer is going to have this stretch of great films. But when you deal with like big budget action movies, you have to sort of just like tip your hat to the writer, like go get that money, man. Because right. at the end of the day, you write your script and you sell it, and the movie gets made, and you probably lose complete creative control. Yeah, they, they butcher it, they, they edit it, it, they they cast who they want to cast, and if the movie turns out to be good. Great. If the movie turns out to be bad, this will be your career where you just get paid residuals for your characters. So those movies you talked about, Last Boy Scout, Behind Enemy Lines, Wild Wild West. Yeah. These are movies where you're like, way well, to go. Last Boy Scout was Shane Black, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, way to go. Way to get paid to write these exactly. big, these big yeah. budget I, movies. I think the, the production cost on Wild Wild West was outrageous. Well, that movie was massive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was like, but that was also like the second to last thing or third to last thing that people were like, oh, we'll give you a chance. What was the movie that <laughs> we that talked it. about? Was it Air Force what was the movie we talked about where it was like, it was like uh, such and such didn't want to do the film because because they're like and, and the producer insisted that there was going to there had to be like a, a giant, giant mechanical spider. spider and then he made years Wild later Wild it appeared in Wild Wild West. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what that I was. I can't remember from. which one it is there, but yeah, I know exactly. But what Joel you're Silver about. insisted, and then he ended up putting the giant mechanical spider in Wild Wild West, <laughs> which uh, was incredible, amazing, oh, absolutely incredibly bad. Yeah, um, but it has a great soundtrack, and then um, you get you get into McTiernan. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So this is a really interesting one, right, John McTiernan? Yeah, I mean, like this guy was a guy that you thought, based off what he did with like Die Hard and obviously Predator, you thought this guy, you know, Hunt for Red October, seemed like he was going to own the action world. I mean, that that three right there you just named. Yeah, those are all classics. Incredible stuff. And and, and the most recent success that he had was the Thomas Crown Affair, which I love the remake of that. Like ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. And Thomas. Oh, and Pierce Bronson. Brosnan. Yeah. Brosnan. Yeah. The end of that movie is awesome. I've never a little seen it. Oh, it's great. Uh but yeah, you thought this guy was gonna be great and then he just he just completely fell off after this, you know. Psycho? Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October are great, but then he did the Medicine Man, he got a lot of sh- like hmm. you know, that was yeah. not a good movie, very bad reviews. Same with Last Action Hero. Some referred to Last Action Hero as a two hour long Saturday Night Live skit. It's pretty silly. It's I had so a band bad. in high school called Last Action Hero, um, just for the also record. Also pretty silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do well either. <laughs> and it was an unsuccessful commercial <laughs> endeavor. Uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he kind of like, he redeemed himself with Die Hard with a Vengeance. Great. It was like, 
great movie. Great. We will do that on the show Sunday. I love that it's movie. It's twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's still incredibly watchable. So McTiernan has the has the particularly hilarious piece. I mean, not hilarious. He went to prison. Yeah. He, he has the particularly odd piece of trivia where he hired a PI to investigate a former co-producer on Rollerball, the film Rollerball. Yeah, um, was caught, lied to the FBI, and ended up in prison. I think just got out this last year. He lost everything. Yeah, literally everything. Bankrupt, lost ranch, everything. I mean, for the record, guys, we we sometimes will reach out for interviews, comments, and and guest booking to various agencies and publicists. When we were looking up Tiernan's information, it was very difficult to find a contact. Yeah, we found a, a, an attorney contact was the only contact we, we were could like. Find. Wait, why is he? Is there only an attorney? That seems very odd. And so, why was he finding information about that movie? It doesn't really say. Yeah, it's because it, the thing I was going to say was this. I, that the comment about the attorney doesn't. Suggests that he doesn't have a publicist or an agent. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it's I don't. The only thing you could find. Yeah, it's 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 more about like it seems like it's harder to, to get information on the guy. He seems to be less interested in being contacted, <laughs> uh, or or it's not easily available. So it's kind of interesting. It's a bit sad because I mean, when you think about those movies, like Die Hard and Predator are two of the ten greatest action films ever made. Yeah. Um, Hunt for Red October, if you if you call that an action movie, is. Easily in the top twenty-five. Well, it started that franchise, didn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Jack Ryan franchise. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they've really kind of yeah, they're very fell, successful. But it well, they're not that good. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I haven't, actually haven't seen the most recent one, the Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah, with yeah, Chris Pine. I missed it. I've seen um, but yeah, I mean, he was he was wiretapping two producers essentially. So you would think it would maybe be for like creative ideas. Yeah, or like something, something. But yeah, anyway, we, we don't want to harp on the guy. You know, no. we wish you the best. <laughs> and uh, maybe he'll come back and make another movie someday since his last credit was 2003. I Basic. hope you come back and make another sweet movie. Right? I love John McTiernan. Like, do another Die Hard with a Vengeance, like, redemption. Yeah. That would be incredible. Come on the show for Die Hard with a Vengeance. Just come on the show. Two. Please. We're calling your lawyer. Do it. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say yeah. so. We can we can probably move on. I mean, the movie was was filmed in Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, you know, there's yeah. Not, it's as far as like how the explosions were done, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, there's an hour long documentary out there. We 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 watched it. And we we wanted to talk about it more, but honestly, that's not why you guys watch the show. You don't want us to just re- regurgitate, regurgitate facts that we've yeah. seen and read about. So if you want to know, check it out. It's really cool. Jean Claude Van Damme was originally supposed to in, play the Predator. Yeah, but then he got. They were like, you're too small, and then they had him in for just some special effects stuff that was uncredited, and he was like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, you just scrapped it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the film, if you are interested, you can find it. It's an hour-long documentary, and it's called If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, The Making of Predator. It was made in 01. It's got interviews with Bill Duke, Carl Weathers, McTiernan. I actually think it's called If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It. <laughs> it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> I just imagine Jean-Claude yeah. Like, yeah, on, like, on a branch, like, holding right. him, because he's... How tall is Jean-Claude? Jean-Claude? Like, 5'9", right? Yeah, five, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah. Saw him the other day, right? Yeah, we ran into him like a couple oh, of weeks ago. Just a gem, gem yeah. of a man. He was a sweetheart. Yep, yep. Okay, so, uh, so oh, actually, you know, one more thing about the production about uh, Jean Claude running it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's we, we talked about this. The filming, so it was in Mexico. Yeah, during the day, you can tell like these dudes are sweating, sweating, just dying. At night, when they're filming, anytime you see a scene that's in the dark, it's in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, they're freezing. Yep. And then Arnold, he's got this pottery clay on him that's mud. Um, they would try to like keep him warm, but then the play the clay would just harden, yeah, and 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 uh, fall off. He was he was <laughs> shivering so much during filming. He was so cold that he he's like, "What can I do? What can I do?" So he decides to start drinking peach schnapps. He's like, nice. "Oh, that'll warm me yeah, up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a manly, bring the t- bring what a manly the body thing to do. Down even more. <laughs> yeah. 
So instead, he just got wasted on yeah, set. Yeah, he just couldn't do it. <laughs> so he just had to freeze through the whole thing. Anyway, that's a fun little trivia fact. Yeah, he also, the, another one of the ones I liked was that uh, this film was, was going on and, and shooting like directly before him getting married. Uh, and he missed the final rehearsal for his wedding with right. Maria Shriver because he was more focused on the film. She was not happy about that. Yeah, she'd come on set to uh, do make wedding plans with him. And the, the crew in Mexico thought it was hilarious to put frogs in their shower. Oh, yeah. Scared the shit out of her. Yeah. yeah. Thus, <laughs> thus begins the... Uh, Beautiful marriage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about critical and box office. Um, we can we can mention the fact that this movie was only made for fifteen million dollars. Wow, that's nothing. nothing. Yeah, I mean, even even though it is eighty seven, you think about how much that was back then. That's not even close to what mass like five hundred million dollar movies that are made now. They paid Stan Winston one point five million dollars to make the Predator, which was worth way. every penny. Yeah, it's ten percent of the budget of this film went to Stan Winston, who is the famous effects designer who made made the Terminator. Yep. and he was recommended to do this film through Schwarzenegger because of their work together. They stayed close friends, so Winston came in and designed because the as we said the original Predator it was a joke. Yeah, they the studio kind of shipped it out, uh, and it was this like weird. Because it was based on Joel Silver had this idea for like a Rastafarian uh, hunter. Yeah. That's where you get like the the dreadlocks, which is cool, very cool. There was drawings and tentacles, and it came out and it looked kind of like a weird combination of a of a cyborg with like one red eye in the middle of its head. Um, it just wasn't intimidating or cool at all. Yeah, Arnold just said it was a joke. Yeah, like it was not. Yeah, yeah like you said, it's not intimidating at all. No. It, no one would have watched this movie. Yeah. This movie would not be what it was if the Predator wasn't a badass. So they ended up paying Stan Winston to make this, to design this thing. It's done with practical effects almost entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is played by the seven foot two actor who was also the actor that played Harry and the Hendersons, the, uh, Harry. Yeah. And, and also he's the black, uh, pilot at the end of the movie. The helicopter pilot. Yeah. Yeah. His name is, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. He's, uh, a, he's the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie. Very yeah, end of the movie. The one, yeah. who's, oh, like, wow. the one who's like, what the? Which yeah. Was yeah. There, standing there. Yeah. Which is great. Like, that's such a cool thing. It's yeah. like, you just killed the Predator. Here he is. Yeah. In human form, you know. That's pretty cool. Um, that guy's seven two. Yeah, gigantic, massive. You know what's really amazing is in that in that documentary you see a lot of clips of him with the suit on, just like on set dancing around. And it was like he wasn't just a guy who he wasn't just a guy who was big. He wasn't like a big because he's seven two is obviously huge. Massive. Not just a giant guy that puts on the suit. It was the way that he moved. Right. He had this graceful movement. Yeah, yeah. And he'd absolutely. slink around, uh, and it just it was yeah it was terrifying. I mean, just like a really. Did you hear that? Because you know how uh, when the predator gets out of the the uh, the netting and he's like monkeying around in the yeah. trees and camouflage. Did you hear that they originally tried to put a monkey in a suit? No. Yeah. <laughs> they actually tried to put a monkey in in a, and it was actually a red suit at the time to so that they could they could uh, you know go in post production and add in the predator and see to make it look like he was crawling around the trees. The monkey would just take off the suit all the time and wouldn't jump around. <laughs> They're like, fuck this. We're Throw species at the, yeah, at the PAs. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of a cool idea. It would have been Schwarzenegger cool just wasted drinking peach schnapps and <laughs> kick monkey. out of the monkey. <laughs> Sounds like a great set to Straight work on. monkey. Absolutely. I mean, apparently the whole set is, like, this. the production behind this was a disaster. As you mentioned with the the temperature, there was locusts. Mm-hmm. There there were, I mean, all kinds of leeches. Yeah, locusts, leeches, just incredibly humid. It was yeah. miserable. Horrible. You know, our friend Haggerty, who was on the show, the very first episode, Air Force One, yeah. was talking to us about filming um, Jurassic World Jurassic World in, in Hawaii, and it was there. just miserable. Yeah. Another guy that worked on the film, uh, 
showed us pictures of it, and they're like knee deep in mud, yeah, in like hundred plus humidity, like just miserable. Anything for the shot, right? That's, That's right. What it comes down to. That's what it's all about. So yeah, fifteen million bucks to make this movie. Fox is behind it. It grossed fifty nine domestic and another thirty eight foreign. So bringing it to a total of ninety eight million dollars worldwide, which adjusted is actually. Second, right? The most successful. Oh, the most. Yeah, if it, you adjust for box office inflation, is the most right. successful Predator film in the franchise. Uh-huh. You look at just the straight up numbers. Alien versus Predator is more successful, but that was also twenty plus years. Later. Yeah, right, right. So nineteen eighty seven, and I believe what that year the only other big movie was Beverly Hills Cop two. Yeah, it came out like a month beforehand. Not and the it, only other big well, movie, right? But the big rival film, right? It was yeah. the only R rated movie that beat this movie, and also the only R rated movie that opened higher than this movie. Yeah, um, it came out a month beforehand. It's a great movie. I get it. Um, but again, this movie made almost ten times its budget. Yeah. Almost. So and I wish they would have made another one with Arnold. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a graphic to throw up really quickly, uh, which is the... This is Schwar- this is Schwarzenegger's top ten grossing films, top eleven grossing films of all time here. Um, wait. Top eleven grossing films of all time here, adjusted for ticket for ticket price, because a lot of the big movies were back in the mid eighties, so it's unfair. Um, so T two for adjustment made four hundred million dollars, and this is just obviously domestic. This right. is not worldwide. Um, but as you can see here, Predator is still after inflation his ninth highest grossing film of all time. Yep. Uh, which Kindergarten is, Cop made more money. So did Bat- Twins. Batman and, and Robin. So did Twins. So which, yeah, which goes to show you that he was on his way up when this movie came out. Yeah, he was like he was like you said he was on his way to becoming the greatest action hero of all time. Then he gets into this point when he could make anything. You could make any movie with him and put it in there, and people would go watch it. Well, as evidenced by Batman and Robin and Kindergarten Cop and Twins. Like, I mean, it was not a bad movie. But then even like True Lies. True Lies is a great movie, and I can't wait till we do it on the show. It's one of my absolute favorites. James Cameron. Yeah, but Predator is a better movie. That I don't know about better. But, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I it like, is better. I like it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is interesting when you think that his... The last Olympia that he competed in was 75. Mm-hmm. And Pumping Iron chronicles that. So his earliest film work is the late 70s. It's movies like The Scavenger Hunt, Hercules in New York. Um, these movies, Stay Hungry, I think, is one right. of them. When did Conan come out? Uh, early 80? 80s. Okay. 81, maybe. 81. Um, 82 or something like that. You know, his breakthrough was, was Predator, obviously, and or not Predator, I was, that was Terminator, Terminator One yeah. in eighty four. But I mean, when you really think about Schwarzenegger as a global brand, eighty seven is like the front end of of him being a global brand. Absolutely, because Terminator Two is five years later uh, or four years later, right? Like the the movies that he made before this, for the most part, as we mentioned, are kind of throwaway actions. I mean, largely. Twins came out a year later. Right, and it made almost twice as much money. Triplets is coming out. Yeah, <laughs> he's extremely. I mean, he just became extremely bankable. But that's kind of why. I mean, and I'll get to that later. But I think this is the greatest Schwarzenegger action hero role of all time. Yeah, uh, Conan the Barbarian was pretty cool too when I was three or four years old. That was right. That was just like, what is what's going? the what's the uh, what's the sweet line? Um, crush your enemies. <laughs> there he goes. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, experience the lamentation of the women. <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's the line from Conan. I'm so glad you remember that. Yeah, I just love it. I mean, I'm a huge Schwarzenegger fan. So, right. uh, um, let's yeah. talk critical, yeah? Critical's very interesting for this movie. Well, actually, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of exactly what you expect it to be. So, like, like always, we always pull from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. And with, um, our Rotten score, it was interesting because, you know, they have top critics, all critics, and they have the audience. And so with the audience, they gave it an 87. It makes perfect sense. Okay. This movie's awesome. It's a classic. Yeah. Incredibly enjoyable. Uh, all critics gave it a 78%. Again, you're like, okay, I get that, it. I could get that. Yeah, it makes sense. It's good. 
Uh, and then you go to top critics, it's got a 40%. Wow. It's interesting that the all critics review of 78% is identical to the IMDb 7.8 that it got. Absolutely. Which, that, I think I find, that, I find that very interesting. Oh, yeah, do you? <laughs> I know you love the IMDb top 20. I think it's great. Uh, but we go through and you do a little more research, you find out the reason it has 40% is because there's only five top critic reviews of it because it is so old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three of them, which are negative, two, which are positive, so that makes the 40%. So that one, I feel like, is kind of nullified this week. Yeah, so one of our fans at one point asked me why we only did... 1981 and later films and, and not to say that we couldn't at some point do films older like I'm actually open to it it's one Absolutely. of those rules we could break yeah. but it gets difficult to put the movies in context with the movies we do now if you start to get much older than that even it, even as far back as 81 like a movie like this from 87 mm-hmm. the box office totals it's hard to exactly. compare in them. every sense box office what they're doing now the way they were reviewed the actors what they're up to it's mm-hmm. the you know it's it's harder to slot them in the, the best movies for, for our show for the purposes of what we do are the ones from like 95, 96, 97, 98. Uh, it gets a little bit more current in terms of what movies are doing now. Absolutely. Um, not to say we couldn't. It's just uh, a little bit of an explanation. So you pulled some reviews here, it looks yeah, like. I pulled a couple of reviews. We'll start off with the uh, with a negative one from Derek Adams who did Time Out. And he said, with its stilted dialogue and hammy acting, the film has the look of an expensive production, but the feel of a B-movie, delivering the sort of undemanding monster mayhem Arnie's fans have come to expect. Hmm. Which, I, really? Now, really? When, did, when did he write this, though? That was probably written this at the like, time it came out. Uh, no, this was actually written in the early 2000s. That's what I was saying. Really? It sounds yeah. like it's written in the early 2000s. But like, almost all of the reviews that are that you find for this movie are written 2000 on. I would like hmm. to know what Derek Adams thought in 1987. Right. When this came out, because I bet you he, if he was alive, yeah, exactly. That's, well, that's and you know what? That's that's reflective of what I was talking about, right? The yeah, whole thing, absolutely. The whole thing of like, there was a period of time where these kind of movies, these action movies, like in the mid two thousands, where they were still recent enough. Like for instance, we did Con Air last week, yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. If you were writing a review of Predator and it was two thousand one, you would be like, well, they're still making crappy action movies crappy action movies in 1997 that I saw recently that I remember. So this is just a precursor to those crappy action movies. Whereas years later, now we've swung back around and, and there's no budget. I'm going to drop my pen. I'll just hold it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you. Swing back around and nowadays there's no budget for bad scripts. I mean bad scripts. There's no right. budget to just make action movies. It's not like you just throw it. It's a franchise or it's not. Or it's straight to video or it's not. You don't get to just make $100 million movies just to make them if you, do, if you want to. It's very rare that happens anymore. Yeah. So I think nowadays you go back and you, you look at the whole genre, the action movie genre, and it's it's harder to put a movie like Con Air and Predator next to each other and actually call them the same quality, the same genre, because they're both action movies. Well, the thing about this, too, is that, like, I don't consider us movie critics, but we love movies. And we are kind of critics. We really are. We're critics. We are. Yeah. But it's not in this sense. Sure. Um, but I feel it's so... They, they do themselves a disservice by giving reviews like this. Yeah. You know, we found this out when we did the Rambo 2 episode, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yeah. You know, when JT and Finstock were on here, and you and I both got swayed about halfway through the episode, and it changed our opinion of Rambo completely. Completely. For, and for the better or for the worse? For the better. Because okay. we came into it like, this is campy, this is stupid, this is hard to watch, like the action is blah, 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 blah. But then you go through and you actually pay respects to the shots and the things that they do and the way they set things up. And the era that it came out. Oh yeah, it was that was another one. Jeez. Absolutely, you have out. to respect these movies. So if you're writing this review in 2000 plus, and you're sitting there like, yeah. oh well, look at the action, look at the grittiness of the film, and look at it's campy. Like, no, dude, it's 25 years old, is what it is. Yeah, like, that's what it really and is. It's still sweet, and it's still yeah. completely badass. Yeah. And so by the other reviews, we got you know Douglas Pat, Pratt, excuse me, with the Hollywood Reporter. 
goes, it's so lean, so exciting, and so imaginative that you can watch it every month or two, year in and year out, and never get tired of it. That's how I feel about That's it. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, I took a good... 15 years off of seeing this and I've so I recently watched it and it, that's true right. I, I I feel that's completely true I, I I'm glad I took the time off but yeah th- this movie is, was pretty solid just uh, yeah we talked because originally the show this week was just going to be me and me and Bateman and, and we talked to Jason we're like dude you should come on the show you know you get your comic book thing we know you love the movie and you're like ah, yeah, I don't know I think I have to work so he goes home and he watches the movie he's like I'm doing the show yeah, yeah, I'm it, coming on the show and I'm so doing Predator right so I mean Blake Howard from 2E the movie, that movie show says it's the perfect blend of explosive machismo and thrills where the setting is almost as ominous and terrifying as the extraterrestrial villain that is great to me yeah. because the Predator is frightening the fact that they're in the sticks like that they're, they're out in the jungle by themselves is frightening they can't get picked up yeah it's awesome it's a war zone like it's it is it's, per- it's a perfect environment so speaking them. of the war zone let, let's talk ultimate action scene you know now guys when we started the show we used to do something where we would really focus on the production of a couple specific scenes and we would say you know this is what we think is the ultimate action scene and how is this made blah 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 it's something we do less of now. It's more like a discussion of what is the ultimate action scene. Right. And in this film, it's hard to say, and I want to know what you guys think, because I know that there's the scene in the village, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the fight, with its tons of explosions. It's very reminiscent of like First Blood Part Two. Right. Uh, there's the scene where... The team starts to get picked off. Yeah, and the big sort of battle where Mac goes nuts. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah and he's he like, totally right. loses it. He's I'm like, gonna have some fun. Bill Duke is great. He's awesome. He's awesome. Fun. Yeah. So I have some fun. And then the third one. And then the third one, which is like basically Schwarzenegger covering himself in mud and getting ready to uh, to take on the Predator, and then just that whole fight, him weaving through the jungle with the spear. Right. And it's hard to know, like what. From from an old school action standpoint, if we were doing this in 1987, of course we would choose the village explosion. Right. So that's the thing is that you look at this and, and we have there, it's like the three categories of what makes an action movie scene. Yeah. So Jason here thinks that the, the ultimate action scene is the village, right? Well, yeah. Because with that ultimate action scene, as you guys are posing, I'm, I'm thinking the amount of explosions and you know the guys diving out of a thatched hut when two you know grenade launchers just launch two grenade you know yeah. huge bombs it's just kind of funny like you won't be diving out you will just be incinerated but yeah this is what i thought was quintessential you ultimate get the camera walk up with the gun behind arnold and he pops him in the face I mean, yeah. you know they, and- they launch some grenades in these again thatched houses and huts and stuff and then they shoot on top of it oh, yeah, you know yeah. it's it's, oh, yeah. it's not stop so a i limitless I, amount of ammo yeah, yeah. Blake, <laughs> you're bleeding i ain't got time to bleed, got time to bleed. <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, and you then got you, time to duck. I love that guy. I just love this whole movie so much. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most quotable movies. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the second one, which is the one that I kind of feel like is the ultimate action scene. But then you think about it, and it's kind of like it's kind of like that moment in horror movies. Yeah. The first person has died. Now they're get, now you're being hunted. Yeah. So it's kind of like a horror movie action scene. People start getting picked off in grisly ways. You see their bodies. You see their entrails. Um, like you said, you get Bill Duke going nuts. You get everyone going nuts. Like yeah. you get Billy is just like I'm. I'm ripping done, off my yeah. shirt, dropping my gun, and I'm going to go hand-to-hand with this dude yeah. out in the forest. It was definitely a cool scene when Dutch also realized, you know, he's using the using the, right. the trees, you know? Yeah. And and then and they even, the way they shot it, they kind of come back from from him, and he's just yeah. kind of like, you know, wheels are turning. Right, and you think like, his wow, wheels. What do you think his weapon? Like, yeah, yeah he's so sweet. Uh, <laughs> and then we go into the third one. Yeah, well, I was going to say one of the scenes in the village scene that I forgot that I think is so sweet is, like, clearly they totally. were like, we need we yeah. need a moment to show just how strong Schwarzenegger is. So let's have him let's have him lift this car. Yeah. Let's just have him just like yeah. strain and just be like, exactly. just like lift a car. Completely, just, completely. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love that. I think that scene's great. Like Ferrigno does that in Pumping Iron. They show him like lift yeah. a car. Uh, but I mean, 
It's just absurd. Like, what's he, he doing? Yeah. What the, <laughs> what, the, what the hell is he doing? It's showtime. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be for me the the covering covering himself in mud, setting the traps, all his like Boy Scout traps mm-hmm. of the Predator, and going at him, and he realizes that he can't see him, he can't see me. And I love the exposition where it shows the Predator can't see him, like it shows his yeah. eye view, and then Schwarzenegger's like. He can't see me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, looks right at him. He kills like a mouse. It's like he can't see me. You're like yeah, no shit. Man. You made a great point actually. When we talked about that a little bit, right? Because we so we talked about the scene in the in the in the uh, jungle where they just start unloading, right? They, not a thing. Every not a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, well, they got him once, right? So many, yeah, got. Clip is like, I hate how the chick she's like, like she's like got the alien blood on her. She sees it on the thing, and she's just like. Hmm. Yeah, and then later it. on they talk about it. She's like, "It's bleeding." Like, yeah. What about green blood? Yeah, what about neon did, green blood. I made, I made, no, I made notes about her, and I said she's keen to blood. Yeah. Great side boob. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't die. Yeah. She doesn't die. No, but your but, point but, you made yeah, about they, they unload. They they spend all their ammo. They they literally unload the minigun on the jungle, and you're like, that's kind of stupid. But right, what was it you said? But then later on, when Arnold and the alien are, and predator are uh, fighting. He he blows he Arnold swings across I think he's holding on to one of the other yeah. uh trees and and then the predator goes down and he and he throws the throws like the spear and blows the thing up. Yeah. The the predator turns around and just starts Shoot. unloading. Yeah. It's it's actually the, it, to me I was like that's the opposite yeah. scene Same thing. which was amazing which was yeah. kind of cool like. Oh yeah, well, that is great. That's a very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I thought that was cool. So um, I do want to get into favorite line. Um, so, guys, again, if you're, if you're watching, if you want to tweet at any of us live, you're welcome to. I'm at, at Ben Bateman Media. I am at Andrew Guy and on Twitter. If you want to comment on Jason's Starlight Tavern Instagram during the show, you're welcome to. Yeah. Uh, or leave comments. But uh, we want to know what you guys think here as well. We're going we're gonna to go into favorite line, hero villain ranking, recast. Uh, this is the most interactive part of the show. So so let's get into favorite line. This is, this is one that's going to be very hard to decide. Uh, I've been quoting this movie for 20 years, and I, as I said, most of my favorite lines are like the unintentional ones where Schwarzenegger just says something. Right, it's right. Just, it's just the, like you said, it's the confidence behind the liver that makes it so funny to me. You have all the classics, right? Like, I ain't got time to bleed, and Dylan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, but what, what do you guys think? What, what, what stands out to you? What are the, what's like if you had to choose one, maybe two at the most? You ugly motherfucker. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, is, by far, like I mean, and everybody, I think working on the thing, yeah, knows that, know, yeah, yeah. knows that one. Uh, get to the chopper, yeah, and, of course, and um, and then sorry, so this is three, but but if it bleeds, it, it can we yeah, can we it. can kill it, yeah. So I, I, I do it, kill me, kill me, I'm here, yeah. do it, get to the chopper, go. Go. Whoever does the Arnold voice always does those oh, two, yeah. always have to always. do them, classics, yeah. classics. But then you forget, like stick around, like yeah. it's pretty. That's what I'm saying there's like yeah. 50 quotables in the movie. Almost everything he says is yeah. quotable. Uh, so I have a couple. Um, I actually have like 10. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of my favorites is. You're ghosting us, motherfucker. Yeah. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give away our position one more time. Great. I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. And, and, Weathers, and, and Weathers goes. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And then the other one that I really like is, you're not scared of no man. He goes, there's something out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man. We're all going to die. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. Great. So incredible. Good. So many, yeah. So th- those are fantastic lines. Like for me, the one that my buddy Zeke and I used to quote all the time is uh, when he fi- he finds Jim Hopper and he picks up the tags and he's like, Jim. <laughs> he's like Jim Hopper, and then he walks over and he's like, he looks and he's like, he's like Dylan, come here. And he's like, 
I knew this man. Green Valet is the fourth brag. Like, what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. I just, I love it. Like, like that's really great. Just the, just the Green Beret is the fourth brag. Yeah, Green Beret. Just, just yeah. that one, like, three words is just incredible. That one, and then also when he's like, when he's he finds out that Dylan set him up, he's like, you set us up! And he goes, he's like, uh, what's he say to him? He says something about, about like, assets, you, the expendable assets. No, no, because he's, yeah, like, he's, he's like, he's like, he's like, and you knew, he's like, he's like, so why my team? And he's like, because I needed someone who could get the job done. And he goes, <laughs> so you cooked up a story and threw the six of us into a meat grinder. <laughs> what happened to you, Dylan? You used to be somebody I could trust. And he goes, I woke up. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah, just incredible. Great. Like, those are my Their favorites. interaction is phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, like, uh, yeah, those are, I mean, there's a million, as we said. I do have one more honorable mention that I got to say. And yeah. that's when, it's, it's when they, they realize that they just, they just unloaded all the rounds from the minigun and everything. He goes, no blood, no bodies, not a fucking trace. We hit nothing. We hit nothing. Yeah, it yeah. like drags out the end of that. It's so good. The, the chick doesn't get that much air time, too. No. But the she did have a cool one. I did write, it was, was she speaks in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then she says, you know, in English, it means the demon who make trophies of men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah I'm, like, I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool, you know, for... I also think Jesse Ventura... Side dude. So, son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. He's <laughs> got some real good lines. I mean, just let's be so we can literally quote the entire movie. The yeah. whole thing's good. You can sit here and or do like, this forever. Where's the one with like the broke dick dog? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I can't remember that it's, one either. It's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, oh, it was a good one. Funny thing about... I totally just remember this. Funny thing about Billy, yeah. uh, Sonny Landham, the actor... Uh, the insurance company for the film yeah. insisted that they hire bodyguards for him. Oh, because he was a troublemaker, right? Yeah, it wasn't a bar the, fight guy. It wasn't yeah, the yeah. detective. It was because he would always get wasted and try to fight other actors. Who was yeah. this? Uh, Billy. Billy. Interesting. Yeah, or, or, or he'd just get upset on set and he'd but just he like, was, get in fights. But he is Native American, right? Yeah, he's the calm one. Yeah, but... I can't believe Jim Hopper sorry. walked into an ambush. I don't believe he did, General. Yeah, it's great. Not to offend any uh, Native Americans out yeah. there who, yeah, who are we'll drunk. Yeah, move on. Really <laughs> incredible. Um, um, let's uh, let's let's talk about hero villain rankings. So this is this is where we kind of t- and this is a tough one, guys. Yeah. I know we promise this every single week and we don't do it, but we we have a list at home and we just need to make a graphic out of it so we can throw it up here for you. But you know, where would you rank the hero and the villain on the all time hero villain action movie list? Right. Um, I have a very strong opinion about this one. I know you do, so I think that you should start off. Um, I believe that Dutch is one of the three greatest action heroes of all time. I, I know that's extreme. Statement. I know it's bold, but we haven't ever we haven't ever touched the top three. No, I think Rambo for both of us was like somewhere in the top five. Yeah. Dutch to me is the best action character that that Schwarzenegger ever played. It's it's perfect for him. Yeah, and honestly, I think like he he and Tom Cruise are the greatest action stars ever. So basically, like it just I can't think of almost anyone I would put ahead of Dutch. So you take Dutch over T two. Or I mean T eight hundred and T two. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I think for me that was like I want to have the list in front, but I want to say that's like eighth or ninth, right? Somewhere right in there. I mean, it's fantastic. I just yeah. just Dutch is just the best. He's my favorite. He's great. He, he beats is. the Predator. He beats the Predator. And then and then the T eight hundred beats the T one thousand. The yeah, indestructible no. machine. I mean, we're talking top ten all timers. I know. And then and then the, the Predator for me, uh, the Predator is a top ten action film. It's got to be. Yeah. For me, I, I would totally agree with that. I'll talk about Dutch in a second, but I do. Agree that the Predator's top top ten. Any any uh, any live chat comments for us? Um, no? not not yet, not yet. Uh, about this, but come on, come on, guys. Yeah, what do you, you give think? It to us. What do you give think? It to us. Uh, but yeah, so I'd say I'd say Predator top ten, Dutch. Oh man, top fifteen. Oh, top blasphemy. I know. <laughs> blasphemy. Or maybe maybe tenth. Sure. So you think this is Arnold's greatest role of all time? 
It's his Have greatest you seen action Cop? hero role. That's what I'm saying. In terms of action heroes, like for instance, what if I liked him better in True Lies? Well, yeah, it wouldn't matter because this is he, he's awesome in True Lies, right? But in this movie, but he's a Dutch the character. fucking commando. He's, yeah. he is everything that he was supposed to be in the movie Commando, right. but he's not corny or stupid. Yeah. He's just awesome. Yeah, like he's there's no other Schwarzenegger role where I believe him more as a stone cold badass. Like it's just. If if you were I mean, again, sorry, but Conan, he was his. You put up Dutch against any of the other characters, and I believe he'd be like tougher, he'd be smarter, he'd be more cool. Um, that's just what I think. So Dutch is top three for me. Hmm. I got a I got a he's fifth here. That's strong. So that's I mean, good. strong. Again, I considered fifth. I'd say top ten. He'd say top ten. I've well. got a, I've got a problem though with the, the Predator. Sure. Um, oh yeah, you know you made it. This is a very valid point. I like now, this a lot. Now the Predator is is badass. Yeah. Uh, but. To me, it seemed like a young predator. Uh, he maybe came there. Uh, and they told him you need to bring seven yeah. skulls back. And when he picks up Arnold and he, you know, checks out his skull, and he's pretty much like, "This is like the ultimate guy yeah. that I need to bring back." Um, you know, then takes everything off and like, "All right, let's no more, yeah. no more like me blasting you. Let's let's kind of fight." Um, but you know, he's cloaked the whole time before this. And so I'm not saying that's you know yeah. comp it out, but like he he's he's always cloaked. He's hitting you from 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 long you know long ways away, and then he he does beat the crap out of Arnold. But he's Arnold leading him to the to the trap. Yeah, right. and then th- th- it does like happen. Picked up in the it, net. It, oh, the, oh yeah, when he picks up in the net, he screams like a little bitch, which is hilarious. Yeah. I watched it twice. Like, and he really upset. does. Like yeah. in, in the in the and it's funny. The subtitles are like Predator screeches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and it's exactly. like okay. And so yeah, then he gets hit by the tree trunk, and then he just blows himself off, blows himself up like a suicide. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. So to he's me, pure like, evil. Yeah, I mean he he did take them out one by one, um, and some of them you didn't even see how he how he killed them, like yeah. Billy and stuff. You didn't see how, but uh, um, so I just don't think like you know like he's top ten. I'd say right. top twenty. You know what? I just got swayed by someone on here. I think it was was it Brian? Brian was it you again? Damn it, man. Uh, it was. It was Brian. So uh, he, he wrote the T-800 is is a robot that is supposed to be, uh, that displays a man. Yeah. Dutch is a man that kills a super alien yeah. with yeah. incredibly sophisticated technology. I agree, Brian. I, I agree, too. <laughs> I agree, too. I digress. So, yes, I, I swap it. I switch it. So you put... I put Dutch ahead of the T-800. So he's like eighth or ninth for you, maybe. Yeah. Because he's, cause he's still killing in... in uh, in Terminator, it's like a Terminator against a Terminator. Right. This is a man against an, an alien, alien. A super alien. You're my boy, Hearst. Damn it, Hearst. I see now why you cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. And uh, I'll mention it one more time. You guys should all look up the uh, Terminator 2 trailer recut, the one where it's like, he was a gay Terminator. It's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very funny. Yes. Um, anyway, so let's uh, let's, let's talk about uh, the, the last couple categories. Did we all say our Predator ranking? Yeah, we did. Yeah, let's, we get did. Into, let's get into our recast. Yeah, so there's a lot here. So I'm, I'm going to just, for the sake of, of not taking like th- 35 minutes to do our recasts here, because we all of us were supposed to recast five roles this time. Right. And I would have almost done all seven, because I like the whole team so much, but we skipped Hawkins and the other white guy. Not a fucking thing. That guy whose name I can never remember the character of. I can't remember um, his name either. But uh, we are going to be recasting Schwarzenegger, Weathers, Billy, Bill Duke, and uh, Ventura. And Ventura. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So Billy, Blaine, Mac, Dutch, and Dylan. Uh, and I'm just going to have no, each of us. This is how it's going to work. You're going to get to explain but I rec- it. I recast the chick too. No, well, you can throw it as an Easter egg yeah. if you want. Yeah. You're going to get to explain it. 
five, ten seconds of explaining why. We're all going to nod, disagree, disagree, and then move on. Otherwise, it's going to take us forever because it's 15 recasts right, right now. Right, right. Um, so let's start with, we'll go from back to front. Let's all start with our Billy recast. Uh, Billy, I went with, and I know he's too damn short, Billy, or uh, uh, Tony Ja. He's like 5'7". He's 5'6". He can't play him. He can play him. He's shredded. He could fight. He's the type of guy, just like Billy, that would go at the end of the movie and be like, fuck this. I'm dropping my gun. I'm going to go hand-to-hand with this guy and then get my spine ripped out. I mean, I I like the intensity. He's too small. You're too small. Adam Beach, (laughs) he's just a quintessential Native American actor who's pretty badass. What would I know him from? Um, I can't uh, think of right off the bat, but... You you put All him right. in, you'll you see that picture. Fair you're like, yeah. Um, I went with Jason Bad Momoa, uh, who is soon going to be playing Aquaman, and yep. he played called Rogo in Game nice. of Thrones. Uh, I think he's I, I just, he's not really Native American necessarily. No, no, no but he can play that. So I was great. I was going to pick him. I was, was but I I just didn't. He seems. I think he used him once before. Oh, Jason B. Is it, I, it's so funny. I actually thought about this guy. It's the guy yeah. from like Wind Talkers. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can do it. I, I just thought he's kind of old now. Okay, maybe not. All right, let's move on. Jesse Ventura, Blaine Sparrow. What do you got? Blaine, Tom Hardy, actually, because I could uh, see We use it. Tom Hardy on the show every week. We oh, yeah. to, it's my <laughs> first time. So, exactly. Um, I just think he could, he could be a good... He could beef up and be Absolutely. psycho. He could be yeah, a badass. Totally. Yeah. I, think, I, like I think he'd be great in that role. Uh, I didn't use him because I try to avoid him because I use him every week. Um, <laughs> I had two, but I'm going to stick with Kurt Angle. He was oh, Koba. 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 Nice. The great Koba. He's nice. massive. He's bald. He's jacked. He's crazy. That's a good one. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have to say much either. No. Which is not perfect. At all. Um, I went with another character from the movie Warrior, which everybody knows we love so much. Um, I went with Frank Grillo, who is the. Frank, Frank Campana, Campana very yeah. unorthodox trainer um, turn your hips up and in nice. <laughs> um, he's also in Captain America Winter Soldier he's Kingdom. a badass Kingdom's yeah. a cool MMA uh, he's, show he's a badass and he's uh, he's I think it's called King. great he's like physically intimidating and I yeah. met him semi-recently uh, and he made a very vulgar comment to me which not in a negative way just <laughs> I, it was a vulgar extremely vulgar comment that was like this guy that I liked be, this guy could do it yeah he could he could be like the, the kind of like if they cast him as a racist guy shave your head like yeah yeah you know, and it's, Racist, uh, sexist. It is very important, and I know if this is taking longer than my Bigot. ten seconds. But um, when when thinking about recasting, we often consider like, do you stick with their necessarily their race or age? Can you shift it? Mm-hmm. Um, usually, age is pretty important. But sometimes, can a black guy be white? Native American guy be Asian? Whatever. Like, um, and it only is relevant if it has something to do with the character. Originally, I was thinking that Bill Duke and uh, Carl Weather or uh, uh, Jesse Ventura didn't need to be. They could be shifted. Right. Well, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, here's this southern, white, kind of racist, probably. He's a, he's a racist, bigot, sexist. Yeah. And right, and then here's this like here's this like super intense black dude, right? And I was like, ah, you could you could shift it around, but then I was like, no, not because they're best friends, right? They're comrades. When when Ventura dies, Duke loses it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have complete respect for one another, even though he's a complete racist and he is a very yeah, so very. So you kind of have to stick with the. Yeah, you got to stick with that. Yeah, so, so I think it's important. And, so I think Grillo, and, and obviously I'll, when I'll get to mine, I'll get to mine. So what, okay. what, what do you have for uh, for Mac? What do you have for Bill Duke? What do you got, Jason? Uh, Jimon, uh, Jimon Hansu. Jimon, I, I, went wow. with, I went with the same. Yeah, you guys both went Jimon Hansu. I mean, he just could play. Like, I could see him go crazy. Yeah. He's got the, he's got, he's got like, he's got he's 10 size. Yeah. yeah. And I think he could, I, I agree that when I went this, I was like, this is a guy who doesn't need to say much, but you right. need to be intimidated by him when you see him. If he wants to look intense and this guy can do that. Yeah. I went, I, with, uh, I went with, I with Terry Crews. 
You think Terry Crews? Oh yes, I don't care what you say. He's Jack. He's Jack. He can play it. He can do it. Because yeah. like I know he's always like he's he's one of the best comedic actors. Yeah. Like for what he does, uh-huh. I bet you he could play crazy serious in this movie. Maybe. Or, yeah. Because yeah. he's he's only in like I mean that's not true. Bill Bill Duke's actually a pretty large part of this movie. I think Terry Crews could pull it off. Fair enough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you. I want to throw it out there. Yeah. Yes, Lance Reddick. Oh, love Lance. Reddick. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Daniel's that very good. Daniels from The Wire. Yep. Uh, yeah, Reddick could do it. He's intense. Cheekbones. Yeah. Uh, let's get it. Let's get to Dylan. Let's get to Dylan. Dylan. Uh, I, want, I needed someone who could get the job done. I want you to go, and then I want Jason to go because I wanted to use the one that Jason used, and I just couldn't think of it. I went with a pretty interesting one, I think, and it's not one where I feel like he matches the character that well. But I, in my in my mind, I was like, if I was going to remake this movie, I would make it deadly serious, and I would want my guy who's playing Dylan to be iconic and recognizable, just like Carl Weathers was. Right. But in this way that seeing him play kind of a weasel is yeah. good. Like, Weathers playing a weasel was, like, perfect. surprising. Yeah. You know, because he was pretty pretty honorable as Apollo Creed. Yeah. So I went with Will Smith. I think seeing Will Smith being kind of a shit weasel would be awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. I just don't like it. I just don't like Will Smith. I mean, neither do I. But he's he's big dude. He could get jacked. Yeah. He needs a rival, whoever your, your Dutch is. I mean, Jack mine's is. not great, so I, I got no room to talk. I have Omar Epps. Really? Yeah. It's not very Omar good. Epps. Huh? It's not Epps. You know, I, talk, I, I let a lot of your really bad recasts slide by. You're like the worst at the recast. And Omar pretty Epps, good at it. Actually. I think he's terrible. Audience, what do you, why don't you tell me what you guys think? Tell me what you think about that, Jason. I think you have the best. He does. Adris Elba. Yep. I mean, he just uh, he's such a great actor that he can. He, I think he would just Love be phenomenal. It's with this perfect. Role. That is the best recast for it. this role. I still like Will Smith more. Who do you, who'd you guys cast as? Uh, who you guys cast as Dutch? I think I went with another one that you guys probably always use, but uh, which was Dwayne Johnson, just because it would be amazing to see a Predator pick up Dwayne yeah. Johnson by his neck. He's basically, especially now in his career, because of how jacked he is. He's Arnold. He's the most quintessential action star for if you want an action character. My only hesitation for using him, and I thought about it very carefully. His acting one. is not there yet. Or no, no, I actually, th- it's like not Schwarzenegger was ever a great actor. It was like <laughs> it was more like it was more like you bite your tongue. I would want someone who could really sell intensity. Um, and and a little more dramatic intensity in, mm-hmm. in this movie. If I was going to try to make it as serious as I'd want to see it made nowadays, Tales, he was really good in that. Like I love The Rock, huge fan. So I'm going to jump in. I'll give my response. I went with Hugh Jackman, um, and he's six three. He's jacked out of his mind. We've all seen how muscular that guy can get. I think he could put the size on to match Schwarzenegger if he needed to. And more than anything, that thing that he does when he gets crazy in movies, where he's like, no! And he's like, goes kind of... Like, I feel like seeing that in the jungle against the Predator, I'd be really in on that. Yeah, no, he's got a very good... Uh, he's got a very good crazy man. Yeah. Um, I went Hemsworth. Chris. He's big. He's massive. He is... He, he, he's got an accent. He, he, I think he'd be a good Dutch. He could do it. Absolutely, he could do it. If you think Will Smith could play Dylan, then Chris Hemsworth could definitely play Dutch. Look, there's artistic choices. <laughs> You're... Let's move on! Oh, and I, I recast the chick to Alice Brag- Braga. Who's that? Braga. She was in... Uh, Braga. She was in... Uh... I am legend. With oh Wilson. yeah, yeah. Okay, she was opposite, opposite the fantastic actor Will Smith. Uh, somebody said Batista, Jesse, uh, Jesse Batista. Is that his? the man with the iron fists? Okay, he was in uh, yeah, for yeah. Um, for uh, Ventura, and I did think about that. I Solid. think it'd be good. But um, let's Rock move solid. on. Let's keep going. Um, I don't. It, it is hilarious to imagine if Cage or Cruz had played. Uh, this is Cage versus Cruz, guys. Section where we for about eight <laughs> seconds talk about what Damn. would happen if Nick Cage or Tom Cruise was to play the main character in this film. Right. Uh, 
Seeing Tom Cruise against a predator, he's like three and a half feet you shorter. You would get ripped in half. That wouldn't work. No. Um, I also, he couldn't pull it off. I mean, no. I love Cruise to death, but like, he couldn't pull this no. off. Neither of these guys. You have, like, I, I can't see the Cage one thing that Arnold right said about this movie and why he thinks it's so successful is because this ensemble cast was just massive jack dudes. Bodybuilders. Exactly. Cast essentially. Of bodybuilders yeah. and future politicians. Uh, Cage and out one by one. I mean, yeah. it's really cool. It's I awesome. mean, Cage and Cruz could be one of the two white guys, like Hawkins or uh, the yeah. other guy whose name we can't remember. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. So that's not not applicable. Um, we can. I mean, we can talk Cruz. We can talk Cruz or Cage accents all we want, but we, we do enough of that on this show. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so finally, we get into the last category here, guys, and this is which of the three action movie categories does this movie fit into? Now, I think this one will be very interesting. The three categories we discuss are totally legitimate. That's These are movies that stand on their own as dramatic pieces that are very high quality and don't feel like you're having to explain them as action movies. They're just great movies that happen to be action movies. Right. Die Hard, The Fugitive. You have totally ridiculous movies that kind of just fall off a cliff, make you laugh. It feels almost like they're a parody at times uh, of themselves. Con Air, Face Off. Right. Uh, and then you have Ridiculously Legitimate, which is the middle category. This is the sort of zenith of the action movie category. It's movies that are campy but engaging the whole time. They feel awesome and intense, but they feel a little bit tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. sometimes. And generally speaking, there's at least one performance sort of hidden in the movie that is a bit... Uh, What's an example of... Uh, the, the, totally the, Legitimate. The Rock. No, ridiculously legitimate. The Rock. Yeah, the Rock. Point Break. Oh, okay, speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these are movies that... Yeah, they're they're almost <laughs> legit. They just... They, they're kind of in the middle. And... Uh, Popcorn Talk just said, Ronda Rousey is Dutch? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> I really, really believe strongly that this movie is totally legitimate. Even I'm, though it's campy yep. at moments... I think it's totally legit. I'm going to debate you on that. Okay. And the reason is because when I was watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally legit. Definitely. When you watch The Rock, yeah, it's an incredibly quotable movie. Yep. But they're mostly badass, epic quotes from Ed Harris. There's a few jokey ones from Sean Connery and Nick Cage. Yeah. This whole movie, every single thing we've quoted, Silly. we all laugh after we quote it. Every single one. This movie is not totally legitimate. I thought it was because it is very believable. The whole situation and them fighting the Predator and the battle, it is. But when you go back and you actually look at this movie from that point where every single thing that we've quoted for the last 72 minutes, we've all laughed at. This is like my argument for Con Air, basically. Exactly. It you're, is exactly you're, you're your argument for Con Air. Exactly. And it's 100% true, man, because this movie is not totally legitimate. It's ridiculously legitimate. Yeah, it I, is, I second that. Yeah. I, I think it's ridiculously legitimate. It's so good, but it's because, stick yeah. around, Dylan, you son of a bitch, Green Berets, I know, you know, every line, every single line. You swayed me. Yes! It's ridiculous, legit. Mike Epps! Middle oh, wait, category. No, <laughs> ah, I hate it. It means that there's another, there's another movie in the middle category now that we have to, has to fight for relevance. Yeah. That middle category is so friggin' packed. It's perfect. Uh, every, uh, everyone that you're doing is always... It's, that's where you want much, them to end up. You, yeah. Because they're the best, but I mean, like, the, the legit category, like, Terminator 2's ended up over there, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 3 has ended up over there, like, it's... Anyway... You're yeah. right. You guys are dead on. It's close for me, and I. It's because of all those moments of the dramatic moments and the terrifying moments that I want to put it in. Right. But that's those are what yeah. makes it ridiculously Ridic- legit. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. of the quality that balances out the humor. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Fair enough. Tell us, tell us what you guys think. So, uh, thank you for stopping by for another episode of Action Movie Anatomy, uh, the Predator edition. Thank you, Jason Sparich, for coming by and, and hanging out with us. Now, Thanks, Jason man. does a comic book. He does a, a web comic that is now in print. Um, Correct. I, we did we did a print for uh, I, did, I went recently to Boston Comic Con where uh, my buddy I, I write it with um, he lives in 
we printed it out, but that's not what we really. We actually started Indiegogo to get uh, make a, a bigger version of it. Nice. Okay. Um, Why don't you give the audience like a quick breakdown of what it's about? It's pretty much Cheers in Space. My uh, my co writer Bob Sally writes a um, really cool sci fi uh, comic called Salvagers. Okay. And because it's independent, it took him like four months at a time to do each issue, and mm-hmm. he's like, I wanted people to still like this sci-fi kind of genre so why don't we make a comedy kind of version of it and put a bar in space and the predator actually shows up in the second one nice love it, um, love it. and so yes yeah, so we just throw in kirk and all these cool characters uh it's just a one-off and it's a free web comic at starlighttavern.com we've got a facebook page i just started an instagram what's um, the instagram it's uh starlight underscore tavern okay um, and it's it's just fun to write. Uh, Juan Kali is our artist who is amazing. He it's lives really in Colombia. Yeah, yeah. And the, the artist is amazing. Our colorist is Don Matias, and he does um, his own called Penizzles, his own little comic. But it was cool for Boston Comic Con because all three of us were there. The writer, the colorist, and myself. Juan lives in Colombia. He couldn't, he couldn't make it. But uh, such a cool experience. And uh, we're just trying to ramp it up every, fr- uh, every Wednesday. We do it. So we just did one right now. It's it really fun. Awesome. Well, it's very high quality, and I know you're working on some other stuff, too. It's very funny. It's very yeah, enjoyable. I, I always get a crack yeah. out of it. So it's like a, it's a newspaper comic, essentially. It's, it's one page exactly. that's, that's uh, beautifully done, like, as you said, Cheers in Space. It's, yeah. it's and, playing and, on classic uh, sci-fi genres and throwing them into a newspaper. And, and being a webcomic, it's for free, you know? But the thing is, like, with this Indiegogo, we're trying to... Some people like physical copies, and yeah, right. I, mean, I love it. Like, when we printed out this little, little small print for Boston Comic Con, it was... So, so well received and uh, yeah. just even myself I was like wow yeah I'm awesome, awesome. awesome. check it out guys starlighttavern.com please and Drew if the people want to find you where can they find you uh, you can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter please get at me about the show anything you'd like to talk about I'm always there you guys can find me at at Ben Bateman Media please feel feel free to check out some of the other shows on Popcorn Talk uh, Anatomy of a Movie is the regular dramatic uh, sort of appraisal of, of films that aren't action based that comes out every single week you can check that out I believe those those come out on Fridays, Fridays yep. uh, and those those are great as well as the fact that we have Popcorn Talk Action Movie Anatomy mugs coming that we will be giving away as contests the first step to doing that is review us on iTunes uh, if you're listening to this you, you go in and you leave us a review on iTunes uh, we, we put a bunch of complicated stipulations out there last week we will update those start by reviewing us on iTunes and we'll talk that's right uh, we want to give some mugs away guys so, so please get on that with us and otherwise we will see you next week thanks for stopping by from producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Spitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 